Snoop Dogg and D.I. Guess who's back? Steve. Still doing that shit, Andre? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Check me out. It's still Trey Day. A.K. Though I've grown a lot, can't keep it home a lot. Cause when I frequent the spots that I'm known to rock, you hear the bass from the truck when I'm on the block. Ladies, they Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Williams. I am joined by my co-host, Austin Zam Hariri. How you doing, Austin? Blessed. Enjoy this beautiful cold front that is moving here in Our guest this week is Colt DeMores from El Paso Norma normal and mike castro who is part of legalize el paso how are y'all doing this evening doing good jesse doing good how are you yeah doing good man it's 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 been a day <laughs> i'm still trying to recover from being matt foley on halloween <laughs> i saw that i saw that <laughs> go tell you about my situation here and you've had some excitement this past week uh, over in your neighborhood oh i, I take it you, you probably saw the post i put up or on the news about my neighbor. I saw the who, post. Yeah, I saw your post, and then like the next day or something, I saw like another post, like a news post. I was like, "Dang, that's wild." Yeah, we had a guy oh, who talking about the shootout. Yeah, the shootout with the SWAT team oh. for a guy who didn't mow his lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it wasn't more of the guy didn't mow his lawn. It was they showed up to, to remedy it, and he decided to pull a gun and start shooting at people. Yeah. Wild. That that's what really got him in trouble was I'm gonna shoot you. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it was uh it was pretty wild. And I yeah. I got to watch the end of that. Um literally watched the SWAT team by like fire upon him and then drag him out and search him for devices and whatnot and then take him off in the, the EMS truck. Wow. That's wild. And I think there's like well, six or seven houses between him. Being a journalist, I mean that's some that's some raw ass shit, man. Oh, yeah. You can get the raw footage and just just to see it all happen and go down. I mean, that's got to be that's journalism gold. It doesn't help when everybody else is like, I don't believe you. And it's like, I'm standing there watching it like I have firsthand <laughs> account. <laughs> yeah. Okay, XAN told me otherwise. I'm like, you gonna believe that media narrative or the guy who was standing there? Oh, the media narrative from KXAN. <laughs> God, I say that KXAN's oh, gonna come hunt back. for me. He's back. There we go. Guess who's back? back <laughs> hey, Colt, Mike, what's it feel like in El Paso right now? Right now, this moment, pretty, pretty light. I'm just kidding. What what are you talking about? As in as in the what? The weather. Yeah, the weather. Like, how's it feel? Is it uh, oh, hot outside? Nice. No, it's not. It's nice. It's beautiful. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. At night, it gets cold, though. At night, it gets cold. We're nice outside. Yeah. I run my air conditioner during the day, and I put my heater on at night. It's the desert. Yeah. Yeah, that cold. those cold desert nights are coming. That's that we got, we've, we've got our cold night coming here this, this next day when we got this cold front coming through. Are you guys expected to freeze, or? It's the 40s. Oh. Yeah, right now it's rainy here in North Texas, and it's probably in the low 50s, maybe the high 40s. It's pretty cool. I had to kick on the heater for the first time this this uh, season. Yeah. So Same. I literally had, yeah. to, had the AC on this morning. Now I got the heater on. So. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's how it is here, too. We were discussing earlier, Texas has like two conditions of weather. 
burning to death or freezing to death. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one is good. So what's so what's going on with El Paso Normal at the moment? What's what's y'all's big thing y'all are so, taking on? Right now we've uh you know we we experienced the setback when we had um the last vote which was split in half and uh, ultimately defeated by the mayor um, trying to get the funding to be used for other than marijuana um, offenses. Um, They're about to bring it up again to where it's going to make it for five years. They're asking for $360,000, which is equivalent to $72,000 over five years. But what's funny is that the request is in the request, it says three years. So we don't know if they're wanting $72,000 over five years, or if they're wanting more money than what they've initially asked for uh, over a period of three years. But this, as is for, it, huh? this is for testing, right? Yeah, this is for testing. So as it sits right now, um, they're going to get it. Uh, it's going to go up for a vote. And if it falls like it did last time, it's going to, pa- it's going to pass. Um, and there's no stopping it because the opposition, the no votes, there's really no, actually one of the no vote, one of the no votes surprised me because I thought it was going to be a yes. And one of the yes votes surprised me. I thought it was going to be a no. They were intertwined, but there was a no vote in there. And I know one of her friends personally, when I should say one of their friends, one of their friends personally, and I've smoked with them. And yet this person on council voted, you know, to keep testing uh, marijuana so the police can keep arrested, which is kind of shady. If you ask me, you know, your, your, your friends are going to be one of these people that they're going to end up having to arrest because of the marijuana and here here you are voting to keep perpetuating this fucking scenario real quick Cole, i have a question uh yes. Mike, you guys can answer this the city council when you when we talk about politics what would you say um the the political makeup of city council is is this democrats is it republicans what is their party affiliation um so that's kind of hard to tell yeah uh for sure technically they're supposed to be nonpartisan um but you can see their affiliations and who controls them a lot of a lot of them like by the money that goes into them so we have a billionaire here his name's uh I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but he, he's the one that's like responsible for the baseball stadium and stuff. And, um, you know, they, a lot of them vote the ways that he wants to go. Um, Margo, when he was around, I mean, even though El Paso is like uh, progressive and democratic in, in a sense, he was more of like a Republican. Uh, but it's the people that put him in there. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to tell where where everybody leans. Yeah, it is. It's like split. I feel like. Oh. I think it's. Yeah, I don't know. 
to be honest, I couldn't tell you any of their affiliations because technically they do run nonpartisan. Yeah. Um, and they're not supposed to like lean one way or the other, but but they really don't show it money. Either. Money controls, you know, the the candidates right now. Yeah. How much? That makes me wonder because I used to live. I was in the military. I saw while I was in how much the military controlled things around towns, even here in Texas. I'm wondering how much like the Air Force base out there, how much of a say they're getting with city council members. Be like, we don't like this idea of like New Mexico's legalizing. So obviously, there's probably a, I imagine there's an extent the Air Force base is like we don't want to like, see that coming here. Yeah, well, it, yeah, the Army base. Um, so am yeah, I bad? The Army base. I don't know. So that's a good one. And what's even more interesting about that is we just lost. Uh, they're like trying to redistrict. Uh, well, yeah, Fort Bliss federally, and we're about to lose that federally to a representative that that's like near San Antonio and and doesn't even come out here. But um, that really doesn't matter. I was actually thinking it was more state, but it's not because there was an issue, but we actually kept it within our district. But they're dissolving one of our districts. Um they're dissolving one of uh, the females. I forgot. And she's going to have to either run against Art Fierro or um, I can't remember the, the two ladies' names that are in the state right now. But the older lady. Same. But yeah, so they're dissolving one of our districts. So we're going from five to four districts, I think, in the House. So I want to get a, a, ba- a background on the, the both of y'all then, um, starting with Mike. How did you get into doing legalize El Paso. Um, yeah, man. So um, pretty much um, it started when I first got arrested, I guess. That's where everything kind of started. Legalize EP is just something that started. Um, it's just a name to something that I was trying to do, to be honest with you, or something that I was just trying to really emphasize. Um, and the reason being is because for the past seven and a half years, I lived in Colorado Springs. Um, I grew cannabis there medicinally for four medical dispensaries. Um, I ran two of them for about four years, five years. And uh, it's just, I saw a different life, right? I was able to experience a different life, purchasing cannabis, growing cannabis, um, the people I was helping, right? Although I was the grower, that was the most important part of everything going on, right? Because you had to grow medicine for people. Because uh, you got all types of people walking through the door. You got cancer patients. Um, you got military veterans. You know what I'm saying? Like you have so many different people walking through the door. You have to make sure that the medicine is um, so that's really what just started everything. Uh, moving back to El Paso, Texas. Um, as soon as I moved back within the first two weeks, I was at the first city council meeting. Uh, I really didn't know which way to approach it, but I knew that that was the way. Um, so yeah, I just found out which way I needed to go. I spoke at my first city council meeting and then I uh, met Colt and basically like everything from there is just kind of, you know, falling into place really, to be honest with you, as far as working together, um, um, putting putting what we're doing out there on a platform for people to see it, right? Like this, like, because we speak real facts, right? We're speaking, um, when I come out here, it's real simple for me, right? When I speak, it's people are making money off this plant while people are being arrested for the same thing that I was doing legally and making a very good paycheck off for the um, past seven and a half years. You know what I'm saying? And still doing and currently, still, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Still, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm eight years into the industry and I'm still making money legally. You know what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things is if I make you money legally, there should be no one arrested for cannabis. So that's really that's really how Legalize EP started. It was just really 
us putting videos out there of us speaking our opinions, speaking facts, and the community just, you know, really understanding what was going on. The community just understands and the community is really behind it because we're a community full of cannabis users, cannabis consumers. Good good to get that background in you, Colt. Well, um, it all started in in uh, in 2009. I lost my mother <clears throat> to cancer. And prior to that, I knew that, uh, you know, cannabis could help cancer patients with things like appetite and stuff like that, um, which could help improve uh, their their fight. But um, shortly after my mom passed from cancer, um, I realized that there were people in our own country at that, not even just it, uh, people anywhere. There were people in our own country that were defeating their cancer with cannabis. And... Um, I, I never wanted anybody else to have to experience what I did in losing my mother and the way I lost her. Uh, so I set out to educate the public uh, about cannabis and cancer. And I started a Facebook group called Cannabis Users United. And I started educating people about cannabis um, you know, locally, uh, nationally. It went international. And um, while I was doing that, I came across Dallas-Fort Worth Normal. And when I came across Dallas, I knew what normal was, but I didn't know there was chapters in individual places. Uh, when I did that, I, I looked into it and I looked for an El Paso Normal and um, there wasn't one. So I knew that it was my job to give my city a voice uh, in the fight. Uh, for cannabis reform. So I founded El Paso Normal. Shortly after I founded El Paso Normal, well, I had been trying to found El Paso Normal for a, for a while. Uh, my wife got sick. My wife at the time got sick and went through um, her chemo and radiation then. And once she finished, I continued with setting up the organization. Um, we kicked off in 2014. And uh, when we kicked off, um, I started a whole nother battle with my wife and her cancer. And, uh, you know, since then, we've just pushed to to be, um, you know, somewhat of a powerhouse here locally. Um, we're not a very big chapter, per se, like a chapter like Dallas-Fort Worth Normal or Texas Normal, but we're very powerful when it comes to our local politicians. Um, we've had many sit-downs um, with people at the local level, at the state level, and I've even worked with uh, people like Congressman Beto O'Rourke at the federal level. So we've, we we've been very... We've had a very good um, uh, approach, I mean, relationship with our local representatives. Um, you know, we've been able to work with Representative Joe Moody, who's my, my representative, uh, very closely for many years. And with and doing things that have actually advanced uh, things in Texas, you know, Joe's done a lot of great work in the House uh, and and 
you know it all it all started here in El Paso in a, in a cafe you know and so although we're not a big chapter we're, we're very politically oriented and 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 we push that's where all our power goes to is is trying to focus it on politics well we're going to go into our first sponsor break here at the Lone Star Collective podcast I'm your host Jesse Williams with co-host Austin Zamhariri our guest hey, today are Colt DeMorris of El Paso Normal and Mike Castro of Legalize El Paso. We'll be right back after this break. Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their products quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. You know it would be cool if your business was mentioned on a podcast several times an episode. Well, you could have a slot right here on the Lone Star Collective just like the one I'm doing right now. Show your community that your business supports changes to social welfare regarding cannabis in Texas. Inform our audience that you are a supporter of independent journalism and the activism work we put in while informing them about your business. Let your customers know where you are located and what you offer the community. For more information on getting your business mentioned on Lone Star Collective, visit texascanaco.com. That's T-X-C-A-N-A-C-O.com. And click the contact tab. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zam Hariri. Our guest this episode, Colt DeMorris of El Paso Normal, Mike Castro of Legalize El Paso. Apparently, I did not understand that it's apparently it's such a rare treat to have both of y'all here at the same time. And it's great because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. It's great for me because I get to interview technically both of y'all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, a rare occurrence. <laughs> we're always talking on the phone and we're always meeting at council. I mean, we're out. I mean, that's we're, where we're you catch us together. Yeah, we're always in communication, hey. but we're never in the same room. Last time I was in El Paso, I saw both of y'all together. So what's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always at city council together. Once in next, a time I, next time I come to El Paso, I better see y'all together again. Yes. Did you hear that? Of course. I mean, I, he'll be with me, so... 
<laughs> January twenty what twenty second? Uh, yeah, uh, third week, third weekend, I believe, of January. Gotcha. Awesome. Gotcha. We'll be ready. We're ready. Like the Brand Bruce enough. Wayne Batman situation, they're never in the same room together. Very <laughs> <laughs> much. Real, real quick. Uh, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for all of the work that you guys do in El Paso and as a Texan, somebody who represents all of Texas. Uh, and when I say all of Texas, I mean the Panhandle, I mean the coast, I mean the Texas Triangle, I mean the RGB, West Texas. Like El Paso doesn't get as much love as other places like Austin yeah. or Houston or Dallas Fort Worth like you know when we think about Texas we think about I-35 and I-45 you know and all of the big cities that those highways hit uh, a lot of people don't think about El Paso and why is El Paso important why what is the context about El Paso that makes it unique for the state of Texas and this isn't breaking news for anybody on this podcast that El Paso is the first city in the United States of Tech of America of Texas, the United States of America uh, that outlawed and banned marijuana in 1915. Right. Um, and in the way we see current enforcement of marijuana, even to this day, a hundred and six years later, uh, it began in a place like El Paso. You know, when we talk about things, um, in terms of how prohibition of marijuana began, we talk about um, Henry J. Anslinger and DuPont and these guys who were using Mexican immigration from the Mexican Revolution in the early 20th century and Mexicans coming to places like Texas uh, and New Mexico and Arizona. And this was, and they, they brought this funky thing called marijuana, which was the cannabis plant that for some reason, most of the populace had never seen them consume it uh, from a smoking standpoint. And this term was marijuana. And while the term itself goes back deeper than you know, the early 20th century, uh, this was used by the American government at the very highest levels to vilify not only this yep. plant, but immigrants, people of color, um, poor people. And this is why El Paso is important for not only the state of Texas, but the entire country, again, this is where marijuana prohibition that we know of today, as far as from an enforcement standpoint, this is where it began. And if we can end it in El Paso, then we end it, for me, in my opinion, we end it globally. Your opinions, guys. I agree. I, that's something that I've like, I 100% agree on. Because it started here, it's something that should end here. Definitely. And I, I've always said that... Um, there are countries around the world that base a lot of their laws off Texas because of the way we run things, even if it might be stuff like business law and stuff like that, but it's because of the way things are ran. And that's, that goes for um, something like drug laws too. Um, although our controlled substance act kind of reflects the federal one. Um, I believe I mean, 
in my soul that if we end prohibition here in Texas and legalize that there will be countries around the world that will do the same thing in our footstep. I agree. And that's important. Because it's going to, oh, and again, a lot of those laws re- relate to business, the economy, stuff like that. And that stuff is all going to be changed once cannabis is legalized. You know, the economy is going to change drastically. Numbers are going to change. And countries that focus on that about Texas are going to see this. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to make, you know, California uh, actually legalizing did a lot um, because they have a large economy too. And, you know, the other half of the wall is Texas falling, you know? So once Texas crumbles, I think it's, it's a downhill from there and it, we, we won't be last, but um, once we finally do go, it'll, it'll do it around the world. Real quick before, before I hand this off to Jesse, so he can ask a question. Uh, when I was in Colorado, in Colorado, uh, I'm sorry, Denver, uh, pretty much the heart of the original marijuana legalization, right? Denver, Colorado. Uh, I was talking to a marijuana executive uh, and he told me everybody in the world is waiting on Texas to fall. Once Texas falls, that's the last in America. That's pretty much maybe with some exceptions in Florida. It's the last big market to fall. And when Texas falls, you will begin to see kind of the end of the end of marijuana prohibition. I agree. I agree. And and that's why uh, El Paso Normal slogans always been ending prohibition where it started, because it. It, it started here and it very well can end here, not just El Paso, but El Paso being a key point to Texas and Texas being a key point to the rest of humanity. So I would say a big thing that I know I see online a lot and Colt, you've been the answer man on this is what can patients in Texas do if they want to go to New Mexico to be a part of that program? Because I've seen a bunch of stuff shifting and I haven't been able to keep up with it, but you're, you're right there. You're in the thick of it and you've been guiding people along the way. So please give your guidance to our audience. So the biggest thing is, is that when New Mexico's reciprocal language actually got to its final state, um, it allows for patients that are enrolled in uh, the, their state that they reside in, into their program, and can give uh, proof of authorization from the regulatory authority over the program. So, what we a card? If, if the state of Texas issued a card, that would be it because it was issued from the state. But what we can do is we can get a copy of that prescription off of the Compassionate Use Registry of Texas website that has the state seal for the program and the seal for the Texas DPS. And then on the bottom of it, it says Texas Department of Public Safety again and has their seal. And sometimes it'll even have the DPS website on there. That's really what I was looking at first. They're coming in different now uh, to where they have all these actual seals. But that right there is the proof of authorization from, you know, from the DPS, the, the body that regulates Texas's program. 
And um, with that prescription, we are able to enroll the patients into the New Mexico Reciprocal Program uh, to where they can access um, any medicine from dispensaries in New Mexico. Um, I do got to add the disclaimer, and, and I try to make sure everybody knows this. Uh, you know, that medicine coming back to Texas is illegal. And I, I've right. told people in positions of power, I've, I've talked to people in some of these dispensaries, like I, I tell this to people, but people don't care. People are now about their health over the law and they know it's illegal, but this is what's keeping them healthy. This is what's keeping them sane. This is what's keeping them going. And they don't care about the law anymore. And, you know, the law is only going to continue just hurting us. Law is not doing anything good. Um, it's just going to continue hurting us. And now it's going to continue. It's going to hurt El Paso and the bordering, you know, places along Texas. Because I'm even working with with co-workers that work out of Portales and stuff, getting people from up there trying to uh, they want to understand about these patients, because really there's not too many people in 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 New Mexico at the dispensaries that know exactly what the documentation is, what you need, how to get it. And, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a brand new thing. And, um, unfortunately it is a process. Um, it's not something that you can do the same day. Um, and the only way I know how to do it is to get it through, um, Texas original compassionate cultivation. But to do that, I tell the patient, look, you have to place an order. The only way I know how to do it is to request one after you place an order through the patient portal. You can't get into the patient portal without placing an order. So once you're able to, once you place an order, you don't have to wait for it. But once you place the order, you can uh, request through the patient portal a copy of the PDF prescription. Um, or a copy of the prescription in PDF format. They're getting very good at what the, at what, what the patients are asking for. At in the beginning, it was really troubling. Uh, going back and forth, the patients were like, "No, I need this," because I would tell them, "Look, it doesn't have the website, or it doesn't have the seals." And um, but they're getting really good at at knowing what the patients are asking for now. So that's starting to iron up. So it's getting a little easier. I know I've seen in some support groups where people are asking, like, how do I get official documentation given that Texas doesn't give us an ID card? And pretty much it was that. It was like, you're going to have to get the, the DPS paperwork and that, like, Compassionate Cultivation was the only ones who were pretty much up front about, exactly. about giving that out. I don't know about Good Blend. Hopefully, I guess they will in the future. Well, I one, I don't recommend anybody to Good Blend. Um, I'm very anti-Good Blend right now. Uh, they don't deliver to El Paso, although I can go on their website, I can input my address, and it says that they do deliver here. Um, on their website, it states that they deliver statewide, but yet when they call them, the closest meetup point is Sterling City and 371 miles away. That doesn't help a oh, cancer Lord. patient. That doesn't help a cancer patient. So I don't I don't. Well, I, they might I as well be getting anybody with... Uh -huh. They might as well be getting their medicine in New Mexico. And that's why these patients do it, because it's expensive in Texas. A lot a lot need flour. Uh, flour's not offered. And, you know, it's just the program is not what patients need. It's And it's not – I'm 
glad it is helping a lot of people. Cool. But it's helping a lot of people at an extreme cost. And it's helping a lot of people like their money could go a lot further in a comprehensive medical program, something like New Mexico has, you know, $50 for 30 gummies is outrageous. You know how many milligrams I can purchase at work um, for $50? Quite a few, I imagine. <laughs> a lot. I say a lot. Yeah. So we're going to go into our, our second break here. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go into our second break here at the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, with co-host Austin Zamhari, our guest, Colt DeMorris of El Paso Normal, and Mike Castro of Legalize El Paso. We'll be right back after this break. Collective and Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their products quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. You know it would be cool if your business was mentioned on a podcast several times an episode. Well, you could have a slot right here on the Lone Star Collective just like the one I'm doing right now. Show your community that your business supports changes to social welfare regarding cannabis in Texas. Inform our audience that you are a supporter of independent journalism and the activism work we put in while informing them about your business. Let your customers know where you are located and what you offer the community. For more information on getting your business mentioned on Lone Star Collective, visit TexasCanaco.com. That's T-X-Canaco.com. And click the Contact tab. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more. To give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. to the Lone Star Collective podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zam Hariri, our guest, Colt DeMorris from El Paso Normal, Mike Castro from Legalize El Paso. What, what, what a wonderful day. A great discussion we'll be having. I'm so intrigued by what's going on in New Mexico. They're getting ready to go into recreational, correct? Man, the market around here is about to boom. Yeah, recreational is right around the corner. Yep. Um, they haven't. They started accepting licenses for producers September first. Uh, they haven't formally issued any licenses. I know one has been issued already, uh, but 
they haven't formally issued any. And uh, so I don't know what's going on there. You would think that people should already be growing uh, to be ready for the market in April, Expect, especially when they expect to sell out in days, um, the whole market. So, uh, yeah, but man, it's about to be fun. It's about to be fun around here. Yep, it is. Uh, just for proximity reasons, can you tell us, like, how far is New Mexico from El Paso? I, I'm a, you know, let's pretend I'm a Texan who has never been that far west. Like, how far is El Paso from New Mexico? Hey, so from where I'm at right now, and you've been here, Austin, where I'm at right now, I know that companies plan to put uh, dispensaries in Chaparral, New Mexico, which I could probably make in seven minutes, ten minutes. It's and it's one road. You hop out the hop out the trailer park and go down McCombs, shoom, and you're there. Yeah, it's a, but it's it, the and then city. if we're gonna go to like where I work or where I, he, Mike works too, in Sunland Park, New Mexico, twenty five minutes away. Yeah, it's the same city. We're the same city. Yeah, basically we're the same city. Nothing separates us. There's not. There's no like in between, like Sunland Park, New Mexico, can, and El Paso. You can be same. driving right. on one. So, yeah, it's yeah, you like can be driving on on one street with your GPS, and it'll be like, "Welcome to New Mexico. Welcome to Texas. Yeah, welcome to New Mexico," because it the line just zigs. So I was wondering, is like. Does technically El Paso cross over New Mexico border at any point? The city itself, like the city limits? No, uh, no. Country Club Road is the cutoff, essentially. Yeah, no, I, there's not anywhere of anything like that. It all stays within Texas. Right. Country Club Road is probably the one road where literally it's a one a two-lane road. And one, one side of the road is New Mexico, where there's businesses. And then the other side is El Paso, Texas, where there's other this um so it's literally just a line in the device most most of el paso if i'm correct is mostly east of the border and, and digs pretty far east and then down south along the border into like socorro and and other communities down there along i-10 correct no we're north of, of the border you know that's what i'm saying but like when you come in i-10 you're you're coming you're when coming you're coming up. in I-10, you're coming east, and then it does go, like, north and then west. Right. Around the mountain. El Paso's big now. Paso's a very big city. It almost covers the whole mountain. Yep. Very big city. So, as we, we actually finish up our last segment, I want to ask each one of you, um, is there anything in particular you want to you wanna put forward, you want to talk about, it's on your mind, you think is important for people to hear? Um, yeah, just, um, just what... It's like um, what we mentioned about El Paso being one of the first um, cities to outlaw cannabis. I think that's important because if we can do, especially what Denton trying to do right now, Denton, Texas, with the whole decriminalizing small amounts of um, cannabis, that's super important. And yeah, I know. And hell yeah, shout out to you, Austin. Um, And everybody, shout out to everybody behind that because that's really important. that can happen that's gonna pave the way for the rest of texas and it paves the way for us in my opinion we've been talking about that while we've been smoking is um that's all i've been saying we got to go after that right we got to do that and that's what we got to do we have to decriminalize small amounts because that's literally what's about to flood el paso texas um texas isn't like for some reason and i don't mean texas like 
I'm talking like people who run Texas need to really pay attention to what happened here in El Paso because we're about to lock people up for felony possession of cartridges, felony possession of edibles, um, felony possession of, of cannabis because the black market's going to thrive out here. People are going to go to, you know, people are going to go to dispensaries. They're still going to buy. They're going to bring back and they're going to take to the rest of Texas, right? Colorado, six hours away. New Mexico's right here. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just, there's a lot happening here in El Paso and um, it needs, something needs to be done because the people are in trouble. It's like our lively, it's like people are actually in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not yeah. good. Like, it's not good. It's not good. So yeah, that's important. And you call so yeah, and I could echo that all day long. Um, but I'm gonna touch on the subject of teacup. And uh, you know, I see a lot of people out here praising it um because it works for them um and that's great but it doesn't work for the person next to them and it's not time to praise it it's time to push harder and to work harder and um you know and then also hold those accountable like good blends texas like uh cool you don't want to deliver to el paso don't say on your website that you deliver all across the state don't say you deliver to my address um, but you know, you can, you can do a tour across all of these cities with this big old bus and get more patients that are going to buy medicine right there to make that money and also license these gummies, these, these Jimmy Buffett gummies, these names, but you can't come serve, you know, you can't assist with patients out in, in wow. Texas. I, I think it's a little bit, uh, uh, Going the wrong way, that's not the way the program needs to go. Um, we need to really have uh, some major reform. We're not anywhere near close. Even though some people are being helped, um, that's not everybody. And it's nothing right. to celebrate. This program has been in existence, from my understanding. Medicine has been dispensed since 2018. Um which is what we were told. We were told in 2017 when we got zero expansion that the program hadn't even started yet, so we can't even expand it, right? And this was when it was for only intractable epilepsy. That was the only qualifying condition. Uh, we since 2018, here we are three years later. The population of Texas is nearing 29 million people, and we have 10,000 plus patients. I think we're nearing 11, maybe 12,000 in potentially by the end of the year, we might have 15 plus thousand people in the Texas compassionate use program. Um, that's for a population, the size of Texas, those numbers in three years are laughable. And then, yeah, sorry to cut you off. I know. I just, I think that you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, now is the time to continue to push forward and to continue to hold people accountable and, and meet with them, especially during the election season and start having these conversations now with our local officials, because um, if we can make this voice now, we need to start planting the seed, no pun intended, uh, for 2023. And when we get back to the legislature in 2023, it's game on. It's it's time. Texas yeah. is time. I agree. Yeah, and it is, it is. And even the ones that are in the program, uh, you know, I have a friend who is a disabled veteran, and 
uh, has two kids in the program and they get one bottle twice a month of tincture and it's almost $400 every time. Like, come on, come on. Who else pays for that for medicine, licenses, for a quality of life? Yeah. Who else pays for that? If we're going to, when they can, how come, how much, how in comparison, how much can they get, can they get that in New Mexico? Oh, they can get bottles. They can get literally for $400. We're talking about, let's see, I'll do the calculation real quick. Uh, yeah. Like they can get like 12 to 15 bottles of oil with higher THC doses or CBD doses or one-to-ones or whatever they need in New Mexico for that amount. Yeah, yeah, that's so six times paying, the amount. Where, where they're paying almost, it was like, I think the receipt I saw was like $363. Uh, I couldn't tell you the milligrams. I would have to look, but um, you know, our, uh, our 10 to one, all the way up to one to one, or even a, just a straight 250 milligram runs anywhere from 25 to 60 bucks. Right. And people are coming in and buying that with the Texas Compassionate Act medical card. People are 100% coming in and <coughs> purchasing these oils, purchasing whatever they need. So that's important too. And, the, and, and I want to commend you gentlemen real quick before, before we cut anything off. And that's the fact that um, I, I am unaware of any other state that has had an active re- reciprocity access from Texas, Texas patients via the Texas Compassionate Use Registry outside of what's being done in El Paso. I'm unaware of any other one. If you guys can find one for me, please, from California, Illinois, Michigan, Northeast, wherever. If you can find one for me, please provide it. Somebody out there in the in the metaverse, as we call it now. Uh, <laughs> anybody out there? If I you stay can in the find, If you can find reciprocity from the Texas Compassionate Use Registry into a legal medical marijuana state, please provide it. I'm begging because right now the only one I've been able to find is out of El Paso, Texas. So you gentlemen are actually taking care of patients and, and doing what, unfortunately the laws and uh, the logistics of Texas cannot do at the moment. Are failing to do. It's also thanks to you, though, and the information you put out, though. Without that information, it'd be hard to get behind a lot of the stuff or be aware of a lot of stuff. Texas is a big place. We we have a lot of responsibility that we try to cover. Um, It's not easy because the communities are so vastly different. Really, this place is is five different states in one. For sure. And so, um, you know, we just, we we love all the different parts of Texas and El Paso is is not the least among them. We love you guys. Love you guys too, man. It sucks being so far away, but in so many ways because we get left out from so many things but we're here and we're fighting under 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 that texas flag you know what i mean well i want to add before we figure to wrap this up is mention people praising the program and it's like yes did you tell the legislature it's like yeah that worked for you but we need to add this benefit to more people in this state and we need to make it more affordable and give them even better access that way it doesn't it's part of the affordable part it's there's nothing wrong with saying it works for you it's just don't limit it to just those people exactly exactly and and make sure you know the patient every patient matters yeah and the patient is what comes first you know we don't need a these companies need us 
you know, although we need our medicine, there's other ways to get medicine. But technically, these companies in Texas, they need us and they need to think of the patient first. And we need to make that known and we need to make that and we need to make them understand that because without us, there is no them. Okay. And, um, you know, even, even patients that are in the program now in our community aren't going to use them because they're not affordable. And we, we need to keep that in light. And even people in other state, in other cities, you know, we got to think it's, it's not that, it's not that great for everybody across the board. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Lone Star Collective. Our guest, Colt DeMorris of El Paso Normal, Mike Castro of Legalize El Paso. We thank you for your time, this special treat of having you all both together at the same time. I'm Jesse Williams, your host, joined by co-host Austin Zamharari. We hope everybody has a great week. Have a good one. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Adios. Texas.